Hi guys, it's just Faz here with a quick note before me and Rich screw up another uh, starting intro to our podcast. I'm currently here in a holiday home on the east coast of England in the driving rain about 10 metres from the sea and uh, loving life. But I just wanted to say that um, this Friday um, we will be doing a bit of a special live sort of stream sesh on our Instagram page, Living Levita Loca Pod, and it won't be rich, unfortunately, he's not available, but me and Liam, who's been on the pod before, and our friend Kyle, who's coming up on the pod soon, hopefully, um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a session just playing some Switch, just all in aid of gaming, um, hashtag gaming for AS. AS is axial spondylitis. And it's something that I personally suffer with as well. So it's an autoimmune disease. Uh, it's not wonderful, but it's a type of arthritis. Um, that, But it's not brought on with old age, even though I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, so if you fancy watching us, just have a bit of a mess around, um, playing some games. I think we're going to play some Smash Brothers, some Marvel Alliance. Um, and yeah, just to raise awareness around axial spondylitis. So um, please uh, give us a look. And I uh, hope you enjoy this week's pod. Cheers. Welcome to Living La Vita Loca podcast. My name is Faz. I'm Rich. And... Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Stop oh, ruining the start of these shows. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the choking and your weird vibes. Uh, this is a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs, mostly around PSP and PS Vita. But apart from today. It's not jazzy, but it's, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's we'll jazz that up. Yeah, and not today. You're right. Yeah. No, well, maybe not. Maybe. Ooh. Not for me. No, me either. No. Well, there uh, you go. So we've already fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this week is our free play week for uh, our monthly free play week, yep. where we keep secrets and lies from each other, <laughs> and. We don't tell each other what we're going to play, and then we're going to talk about it, and we're going to review it, and then we leave it up to the other person to give us a score for that, and that score will live in infamy forever and ever. So your review better have be worth its salt, otherwise, you know, you might end up with a shit score or a really good score. Maybe it'll be the inverse. Maybe your review will be too good for what you've got in your head. I mean, that's what happened with The Lion King, wasn't it, when we got the cat to score it? Yeah, so, that know. does happen when you get cattails scores yeah. I think in most walks of life like, you know if you send like a cat to see an Andrew Lloyd Webber play you know I reckon they would overscore you reckon that. generous yeah. generous markers yeah I think notoriously so yeah very much so mm. you know that's why Joseph in Technical Dreamcoat rang for so long <laughs> I think we've missed a pun about cats, cats. yeah <laughs> it's, so... it's dangling out there somewhere isn't it I just can't quite can't quite put my finger on it. How long did it take you to get there? Because it took me... To, really? To, I thought you were deliberately avoiding no, it. Oh, it took God. me that long. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Oh. There's a, there's a thing, isn't there? I wondered why you went with Joseph. 
But, yeah. uh, yeah. well, we're only two minutes in, so it couldn't have been that long, could it? <laughs> it was long enough. Like, I apologise to everybody associated with Cats, the theatre production, <laughs> and everybody associated with Cats, the animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. So, uh, what are you drinking this week, Rich? <laughs> Um, the, ne- the nectar. The ne- this, this one's from North Brewing Co. Um, oh. Open space. Um, apparently, it's quite grapefruity and tropically, um, which yeah, is it's perfectly quaffable. It's quite nice. Yeah. Um, I feel like you review yeah. most of the beers as perfectly perfectly quaffable. quaffable. Uh, that is because I have one setting when it comes to beer, <laughs> and that is quaff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> set your beer to quaff. <laughs> it is quaffable. Yeah. It's nice. I felt like it was um, nondescript. It is missing a certain something to make it awesome, mm. uh, but it is nice. I feel like North Brewing are quite like that in a way that um, I think I like all of their beers, but mm. I feel like they're all nondescript. In their own category. They're solid. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 So I can go to North Brewing and drink all their beers and go, I'm enjoying this beer. But I don't go, oh, that makes this beer stand out from this one or mm. another brewery. So that's the interesting sort of thing. I feel like they are the session ale of yeah. IPA breweries. Yeah, I don't think they've ever... Like, I've never been disappointed. Exactly. Um, Which is great, isn't it? But so, at the same time, I've never been like elated to see it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. They are the 7 out of 10 <laughs> batters, aren't they? That yeah, isn't it? Yeah, solid and reliable. Yeah. yeah. But in our podcast, they'd be the 5 out of 10. Wouldn't they? We, we decided that we were going to be a yeah, bit more like, yeah. you know, which sounds and sound bad. I feel bad for North Brewing now. Yeah. Don't kick us out of there. I think I think I'm going there in like September for like a beer <laughs> festival. So I'll get there and get harassed. And well, if that happens, then at least they've heard this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. somebody from North Brewing's like, you know, really getting stirred up about it. <laughs> so, yeah, we talked about the beers. We're going to talk about the games. Um. Who went first in the first free play? I went uh, first. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. went first because Lion King popped up second. No, no, that's a lie. You went first. Yeah. Because we got excited about it, didn't we? So, yeah, I got all sweary. Yeah. But rightly yeah, do, so. Do, do, well, yeah, it was frustrating. Do you want to go first this time then? Yeah, cool. I I mean, and I can get sweary. I'll, I will. I, I will be sweary. <laughs> swearing will happen. Yeah. So... I've brought two games along this week. Ooh. I've brought two short games. Oh. I don't. We haven't really set any rules for this, have we? But no. I immediately feel like I'm cheating. So, but <laughs> not re- as much as I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why did we have to screw each other? No, I'm, I'm not cheating. All oh, right. <laughs> so the reason I brought two games is because of the, I guess, the length of both games. I kind of crammed them. Both in in within the space of a week, really. Good work. I uh, probably could have crammed them both in the space of a day if we'd really pushed it. I think to be honest, like, <laughs> what were you playing? Yeah, <laughs> not to completion per se. Certainly, one of them I've played to completion, uh, but uh, the other one uh, I didn't, and that's because of the type of game it is. But certainly, I guess the idea of that game and how much I played that game, you I could get the concept of it within an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, let's start with the first one. Right. Turn it, boy. 
commits tax evasion. <laughs> nice. Have you played Tim I Blood? haven't, but I have heard of it. Okay. so Because it's a great title. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what drew me to it. So, nice. yeah, yeah. 2021 game. The sequel, I believe, is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's got a, it, you know, a ridiculous title, just like this one. <laughs> I can't remember what it is, though. Uh, but yeah, this game uh, is as crazy as its title in so much that it's just a bit of fun like in terms of like the way that it comes across it has a very specific tone and that specific tone is just like Rick and Morty kind of mental but probably dumbed (laughs) down a bit more than that in terms of like um probably not as sweary or as high concept really so you are turnip boy right and you commit Tax evasion, you shit house, and <laughs> and the local onion mayor is not happy about that. Mm. You owe him one hundred and twenty three thousand pounds. It's no small change, That's, yeah, wow. for for a turnip boy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like Jesus, what's he do for a living? I know. So that you know, I think it's all on council tax. If I'm going to be honest, which huh. I don't know how much council tax you charge within a vegetable patch. Yeah, it seems. Sizable sort of band that would be in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those listeners not in the UK, we live in bands because we're all just we have to be put into sections in the world. So <laughs> I don't know what your tax is like in your house around the world, but yeah, I don't know what band I, I don't know what band I am, but I know I pay enough, probably not as much as Turnip Boy by the sound of things. Uh, but yeah, so the local mayor not happy about that, and he turns you into his errand boy to then pay him back right so this game is one a more recent game for us so i won't i'll try not to spoil or anything because you know i would recommend to go away and play this game Mm -hmm. i don't want that to tarnish or color what grade you're going to give this game based on my review but i would certainly say that i'd recommend to go away and play it um so yeah it's oh it's an event action adventure game it's 16 bit ish maybe mm-hmm. you know like i'd say probably even maybe 8 bit um and it's almost like a top down adventure game in the veins of pokemon right i'd say almost even feels like you're in pallet town and some of the and the way that you go around the different areas on the map you leave a screen you turn up on another screen and you almost end up in little I guess little dungeons in a way like mm-hmm. so there's about four or five little dungeons like a graveyard like an old farmhouse that's dilapidated a nuclear bunker like those kind of areas that you go into and you're sent there to go and retrieve an item basically and a, a MacGuffin by the onion mare and there'll be a, a boss fight in there as well so maybe some mini boss fights and then a boss fight as well mm-hmm. Uh, so Turnip Boy, he goes to get himself a soil sword. Really important if you are a turnip going on an adventure to go, re- you know, get your get, soil sword. get bits. You've got to get yep. a soil sword, haven't you? Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. It's yeah. a bit of a sword, why wouldn't you? Um, so you, and it, the way it feels like a bit like a Pokemon game is almost that you, uh, you remember like in Silphco, I think it is Silphco in Viridian, no, Viridian, they can't Viridian. Vermilion City, one of the biggest cities in the middle of the initial Pokemon map, and you go in and it's Team Rocket's lair, yeah. and it's a big department store, mm-hmm. and you get transported around on little 
portal yeah, things yeah. that actually happens in this game at one point. Okay. So right, right. and another point where you're breaking rocks like you do with Pokemon, and and it feels basically just like you're kind of playing Pokemon without the Pokemon collection. Effectively, that like you're kind of just roaming around that sort of adventure world. Almost sounds like you're kind of SNES era, like Legend of Zelda or like um, it, Mother games or something like that, or you, like Earthbound. Y- I mean, you couldn't be more right. It literally is yeah. just those games, effectively. Got that it. is in so. Um, it just looks prettier, and it, you can tell obviously that it is of the, this era rather than yeah, you know yeah. being an initial SNES game. It looks beautiful, but in that same eight bit, sixteen bit pixel mode. Um, so the the quests I would say are quite straightforward. It's the world that you live in that probably makes it a bit quirky. Mm-hmm. The characters that you run into tend to be other little bits of vegetables, fruits, <laughs> foods. Um, you know, one memorable character is you know it's a, it's a carrot I think you run into, and actually he's on a construction site, and basically this construction worker kind of tells you not to play there, and he shows you he goes I've got a permit showing you I'm a construction worker. Um, Turnip Boy has a pennant for ripping up. Items he finds. In fact, the only option it gives you is to rip up the piece of paper <laughs> that you find. Uh, so you tri- you rip up his permit, and then he says, "Well, you showed me." Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like that, that kind of game, really, yeah, where yeah. it's just like you know, Turnip Boy is just just couldn't give a shit, really. He's just like <laughs> basically, he's, and he he doesn't speak as a character either. So it just basically like. The other characters monologue at you, and you just reply in exclamation marks. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's really good how they kind of um, fill that world out, mm. and, and you know another character I, I I couldn't not tell you about is is a piece of macaroni cheese. Cool. Um, and he have you heard the Navy Seals copy pasta before? Uh... It's like from two thousand twelve. It was a meme. Not off the top of my head. No. So basically. I hadn't heard about it until this game because I had to find out where Mac's monologue had come from because it was so specific in so much that it was very much like a hard man, crazy guy, basically sort of saying that he would... He's got like 700 different ways that he would kill you and, you know, like like he's got over 300 confirmed kills. And like there is this monologue. I definitely recommend you go away and look up Navy Seals copy pasta and you'll get the idea of this character, Mac, and it pretty much like does a copy pasta of copy pasta. And it's, yeah, it's, I guess, is it meant to be copy paster? I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, it is a very strange character that you just run into and he just comes at you for no reason and you're like oh i'm just turnip boy i'm just going about my business uh so yeah the quests are quite straightforward and the enemies i would say are also quite straightforward for the most part Mm. some of the bosses get a little bit more difficult and you do have to think about it's almost a bit more of a puzzle of how you beat them like again not trying to spoil or anything but uh you know most of the time, it tends to be a kind of giant radioactive animal, like maybe a cat or a pig <laughs> or something. And they will have, as with any bosses, have two or three concepts that you have to then work out what they're doing, survive, and then go, right, this is how I'm now going to combat that. Yeah. And, yeah, it they're basic. But it just does it really well. Like, it, it just, you know, it, it just... it You just know that you can sort of, I guess... Beat this game quite easily, but there are challenges there 
Um, but you're just enjoying yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. Not, you're not worrying about how you're going to beat this game, which is you worry enough to think, oh, actually, there is one or two bosses you kind of go, oh, there's a, a tiny difficulty spike. But mm. certainly it's the first game I've played in a long time where I've been like, the, the difficulty actually feels like quite flat in this. Um, there's also a god mode that can make it even easier. <laughs> and I was like, I would be shocked if there was anybody that was over the age of 10 would need that mode to beat this game. But there might be, you know, you never know. But I, d- I just don't see it as a, a necessity, really, that you'd possibly need. But um, the story gets a bit dystopian towards the end. It's a bit weird, really. Kind of like there's a couple of heavy moments where you're like, oh, actually, this feels like bad things happened here. And I'm a turnip boy wandering around in this dystopian, scary nuclear bunker situation. And it's like, yeah, it's a bit weird. Like That feels like a bit of a misstep almost in a way in terms of, the fun of the story, um, you know, and the the ending does take it. There is a twist, and you're like, oh, you're like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, this is I didn't, this isn't who I thought Onion, sorry, Onion Boy, Turnip Boy <laughs> is, you know, I didn't, I didn't know this is who I thought it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, right. yeah, they they do keep it fresh all the way through, mm-hmm. all the way through the two and a half hour playtime. <laughs> <laughs> so a film, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. and it's appreciated that it just sticks around that long. It yeah. doesn't need to be any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you get loads of achievements for it as well. Like, as in just like, just by, if you speak to every character in this world, and it is one of these ones where you can speak to every single character in this world and you know you've spoken to them because they say the same thing again. And mm. it's almost like you just know that you've accessed everything you need to. Yeah. There are side quests. You collect hats for no reason. You just can <laughs> wear different hats, different turnip hats. Um, you know, the, I've probably described everything in this game within this review. <laughs> That's the kind of like, um, amount of things that are in this game. Uh-huh. There is an infinite, um, an infinite boss battle at the end that you can get into, where you get on this train and go between train carriages, and in those train carriages, the bosses of the whole uh, world are in there, and you go through it. You know, like a bit of a Streets of Rage yeah, sort of mode, of boss rush type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's there if you want to kind of have a little bit more difficulty in things. But yeah, that's kind of all there is really to it. Uh, and I probably haven't sold it very well because it sounds like there's not a lot there. But um, but what there is there is brilliant. And this, as I spoke about last week, this is the game that I played on the Razer Kishi. Oh, yeah, yeah. So to have that handheld in my hands, it felt like the perfect sort of game to be sat mm. down on the go and, you know, sort of sat down on the go makes no sense. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like you could, you could move around the room if you wanted to, but it felt like actually it was almost a game that you could probably get done in a whole journey between Leeds and London. Like yeah, if you really sure. pushed it yeah, yeah. and, and you wouldn't feel bad about that. Mm. Like you'd feel like I felt whole at the end of it. Like yeah. I didn't feel like I'd like been cheated out of a lot of game. Um, it's just a surprising feeling to kind of go, Oh, I've completed a game in less than three hours, but I feel like I completed the game. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. didn't need to be any more to it. But yeah, the, I think the thing that sells it the most is probably the tone and how it feels and, and the fun side of things. And it, it does keep it fresh. Every character you meet has got a weird sort of kooky sort of vibe to them. You know, it gets a little. It's probably like a light-hearted South Park in a way, sort of. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was that was Turnip Boy commits tax evasion the bastard um <laughs> so yeah i don't know how you feel about my review on that i um, feel i mean am i am i scoring scoring it now or scoring it after you've done your other one as well i i know I, 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 yeah score this now because then i'd like you to review your game and then i'll go back and review my other little uh, game mine come together sort of okay well mine doesn't so that's fine <laughs> 
So let's do uh, that. All right. So uh, I this is this is feeling a bit eight out of tenish to me. Okay. Like it, it seems uh, like if the the story is good enough to mm. carry it and doesn't outstay its welcome, um, may, uh, maybe seven mm. depending on the the actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it feel, feels pretty positive. Yeah, I'm pleased with that. I, I'm that I'd be there or thereabouts. I think with that. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Nice. Well done. Good, good reading of the tea leaves there. Thank you. The turnip yeah. leaves. I try. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know what spot to use because talking is uh, difficult. And, he, and who knew that would All be right. the case on a podcast? Cool. Okay, so I will. I will wade in on my. I'm going to take my notes up here because doesn't matter if you see anymore. Um, so I, I've done a pair of um, shmups, obviously, um, <laughs> on the Game Boy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I've got here, I've got um, Solar Striker from 1990 which i think is the first game boy shmup um Ooh. if it isn't the first it's certainly close um and then i've also got dangan um gb from 2019 it was a homebrew made for the game boy's 30th anniversary wow. so i'm going to try and encapsulate like 30 years of game boy shmup development here uh in very very short amount of time That's great. <laughs> um, That's so cool it Brilliant. might or might not go well um so Solar Striker um, was made by Nintendo and um, Minakuchi Engineering. Um, and turns out the Minakuchi lot uh, did quite a few Game Boy games in the end and um, did a couple of um, other notable ones like um, the Mega Drive version of Mega Man and stuff like that. So um, they they know their onions to steal a character from <laughs> Turnip Boy. They know their turnips, yeah. Um, yeah. What's notable about the Nintendo side of things is that the um, director and the producer um, are um, Satoru Okada and um, Gunpei Yokoi, and they were both heavily involved in the development of the Game Boy itself. Mm, like, cool. so th- as a game, this is kind of in there as one of the early ones to try and showcase what the system can do. Um, I've got to give a quick shout out to a YouTube video from um, Game Boyle. Um, on Solar Strike, it was really, really useful um, for this because it kind of highlighted the fact that um, at least one of these people were kind of seeing the Game Boy more as the development um, or the evolution of like the Game and Watch mm. rather than trying to do something like the the NES or the Famicom or something like that. Mm. Um, whereas the other person was seeing it the other way around. Yeah, and so you end up with this kind of clash of ideas, and when you start looking at early Game Boy games, this one included, with that Game & Watch kind of thing in mind and the whole very um, sort of scaled back sort of two-frame animation deal, mm-hmm. um, it, it makes a lot more sense why some of the Game Boy games look and feel the way they do. Mm. Um, so this is a a very simple shooting game. Okay. Right? Um, now, cards on the table, I have not finished it. I can maybe get towards the tail end of stage two. I think there are six. Um, I am not very good at it. <laughs> um, so it, it it is a vertically scrolling game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go left and right slightly, like beyond the, the sort of confines of the screen. There's no real clear reason why. Mm. Like it, it doesn't really feel like you need to use that space. It's almost more like it's just there to sort of show off. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I should mention, thinking about it, before I get too far into the mechanics, is um, 
I played this on my Game Boy Advance, which has been modded with a, a snazzy screen, so mm. it's like quite bright and vibrant. Um, so graphically, it looks great on the screen. It is not a fair representation of what it looked like on the original console. So um, I can imagine that it, when you looked at it originally, it might have been a little bit tricky to pass what was going on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but on this Game Boy Advance, on, on more modern um, takes on the hardware, it looks great still. Um, yeah. the, the biggest sort of, not even gripes, the things that I noted with it um, are the fact that when you've got your power-ups, rather than like giving you any different weapons or sort of putting any kind of radical spin on things, it's a very linear system. Mm-hmm. So you get one power-up, you speed up slightly, and your shot gets a little bit more powerful. Then you get another power-up, and your shot changes ever so slightly Yeah. to, like, say, where you were firing one bullet before you might fire two. Mm. And then you get another one, and it gets a bit more powerful, and you move a bit quicker. Yeah. Then it changes again. And, it, like, there's maybe... That basic progression. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not much meat on the bone, mm. right? Um, the other thing is that you can only have three of your bullets on screen at a time. However, this is going to take some explaining. Um, however, <laughs> um, your bullets move so fast, most of the time that doesn't matter. Mm. And the reason I say most of the time is that I, I tried it, I tested it, I, I haven't been able to test it accurately. I am convinced, and I wish I had the numbers to back this up, I'm convinced that when you move higher up the screen, your rate of fire increases because your bullets are leaving the screen quicker. So okay. your three bullets cycle faster than when you're at the bottom of the screen and yeah. they have that longer travel time. Yeah. So I don't think that's deliberate. Um, but as a concept like if you're battling something coming down the screen at you quite quickly it's kind of uh, it really does increase the uh <laughs> it's i think the risk it, reward situation yeah and the problem is that the scoring doesn't go with it right that's okay. the thing if i thought for a second it was deliberate mm. and you had a kind of um you know a ketsui kind of a situation where yeah. like the mechanics are are geared towards ultra aggressive play mm. yeah you're you're onto something there, yeah. um, but they're not. Um, <laughs> and it's, and it's, I'm confident in saying that they're not. <laughs> it, it, I'm I'm pretty confident. Um, it, it's not a huge difference, right? In the in the fire rate. Um, however, I am sitting here thinking, shit. Like, what's to say that I can't nick that idea and then go and try and whip up something on the Pico Eight or something like that? Yeah. That you know riffs on it because I think you have the the bones there of a really cool really aggressive mm-hmm. um system and yeah like uh, it, there's there's a lot to like about it you can pick up and play it doesn't muck about you know you, you press you fire up you press start you're in and you're shooting stuff mm-hmm. um and yeah for for a quick pick up and play or, or going on the bus or whatever absolutely would have scratched an itch back in mm. the day um i just wish there was a little bit more to it yeah um and and i i think there's a compliment in there like i i, I want I there to be more to, to it yeah um and i could see why like i I fully intend to go back and, and properly like try and learn it um because mm. like there is there is something about it there is something hypnotic about it being so simple um but at the same time i know that i'm going to be sitting there going like I wish I could, like, if I'm going to be this high up the screen to manipulate the fire rate, I want to be rewarded for it, and I'm not. 
Um, so yeah, there, there is that, but it is a, a fun game. Um, and especially for something so early in the, the system's life, it is, uh, impressive what they managed to, to pack into it. Arguably not as impressive as some of the things that came out even a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, um, which brings me to the other one. Okay. Um, and I will get you to score these together. Oh, really? Which is can why I'm rattling through. Can we not score them separately? No, no, like, you score them separately, but oh. at the same time. Okay, fair enough, that's um, fine. Yeah, cool. So, like, th- with this... My brain movie can't take that, though. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, fixated on, like, a number in my head now. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, with this one, um, like, it's kind of at the other end of the scale. So, it's a boss rush. Um, again, I think it's maybe six stages. Again, I couldn't get much further than the second one, reliably. But it is an honest-to-goodness bullet hell. <laughs> like right. on a Game Boy, <laughs> can't even imagine that. Like, it's it's like... fucking nuts, <laughs> right? So you just have this massive, like it takes up maybe like a third of the screen, kind of oh, boss. No. You're this little ship. Your hitbox is maybe like one pixel from it. It's firing all these pixel-sized bullets at you in these waves and these sweeping <laughs> patterns that are just like hypnotic to look at. Um, you have. Um, like a rapid shot and you have bombs that can screen um, screen clear and give you a bit of space. Um, you can, you've got options for um, picking your speed before you start. Um, you've got difficulty options when you get in, like unlike solar striker, um, when you do pass a stage, you do actually get a bonus for like accuracy time, things like that. So you can try and manipulate the scoring system a little bit and you can, approach it in different ways to see if that impacts your scoring and so there's a bit more replay value there for you mm-hmm. um i think the only thing i would want from it that it, it doesn't have um despite being like technically like really impressive that yeah. it can throw these things around uh the way they do is that i would really really like there to be like a, a shot selection you know if i if i could choose a spread shot or something like that mm-hmm. um but Kind of like with Solar Striker, it's the sort of thing that there's so much stuff there that I quite like. I just wish that there was like a sequel or, you know, something to just grow the idea and develop it a little bit more. However, it does feel like of the two, Dangan is a bit more of a kind of complete package or at least as as far as my sensibilities are confirmed, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as my sensibilities go. Um, But like it, it, at the same time, it is the sort of thing that is difficult. Like yeah. you have to spend time with it, you have to sit with it, you have to learn it, and you will fail, and it can get frustrating. Um, but for what it does and what it set out to do, considering that it was made by a couple of people as a homebrew, as a labor of love mm. to the system, and again as a technical showpiece like Solar Striker, yeah. um, to see what they managed to wring out of the system is is massively impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, w- would absolutely recommend if you want to like try and do some micro dodging uh when you're on the go on your 89 slash 90 (laughs) game boy system how Uh, so how did you get hold of the home brew so advance do you say you play that on there as well yeah yeah i did um so it's um it can be downloaded and played on an emulator Mm -hmm. um however once upon a time, um, I think it was Cat Skull Games did a physical release of it. Oh, right, okay. Right. Um, and so hopefully the people that made it managed to get a little bit of money from me yeah. uh, for it because they thoroughly deserve it. <laughs> um, well done, guys. <laughs> it's, I mean, at the same time, though, I'm, I'm guess I'm probably supporting a little bit of Solar Striker here, is that Dangan... Dangan? Dangan. Yeah, Dangan. Yeah. Dangan. 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 Uh, 
it feels a bit like it's got it has it can enjoy that experience of the development of shmups over the last 30 years so therefore yeah it will it should be a better game surely it, it is standing on the shoulders of giants i don't know it's distilling them from you know any other area arcade whatever it may be and then distilling yeah. them back into the game boy so that is obviously a difficult thing to do that's, but yeah. and that's impressive about it so i get that that's the difference, if you will. Yeah, that that's the tricky bit. Um, yeah. Because the genre that Dangan is mm. didn't emerge until after the Game Boy had been yeah. surpassed by, <laughs> you know, whatever else. Uh, or at least didn't emerge fully. Um, the equivalent so, of someone just stood there, like, throwing an actual Game Boy, a tank or something. That's, <laughs> that's just, it, it's a real-life shmup. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is bullet hell. It, it's, it is an impressive piece of work to, to take something that, was initially, yeah, like, born in the arcades on considerably more powerful mm. hardware um, and, yeah, distill it down. And, like, not only that, they, they managed to distill it down um, to, like, the kind of barest component parts, mm. yet it is still it still feels complete. Yeah. Um, and all I would like would be more and for, you know, it's, it's pure greediness. Um, you know, I, I would love to see them do like a Game Boy Advance one, say, yeah. you know, with a couple of different ship types, a couple of different shot types, things like that. Um, similarly, like Solar Striker, I would like love to discover that there was some, I don't know, an N64 version or something like, you know, something that's just a little bit more um, fully, fully fledged, I guess. Um, but again, like for the for the time and, and when it was made. Yeah, like I, I'm, I am impressed by it. Um, of the two, arguably, I would probably more readily go back to Solar Striker, but I think that's partly because I feel like I stand a better chance of say, learning yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like it, they both have their their strong points. Um, both thoroughly enjoyable. Um, Solar Striker occasionally has a, a couple of bits where um, you know the enemies might. Uh, come at you from a weird angle that doesn't really feel quite as thought out as the rest of it. Mm. But compared to some of the shmups I've played over the years, it's not like anything's coming up like from the bottom of the screen to ambush you with like clouds of bullets that you can't yeah. do anything about and stuff like that. Like it, it's easy to make a bad shmup, mm -hmm. and a bad shmup Solar Striker is not. Like it, it might be a bit bare bones, but it is not yeah. a bad game. And just think about that. Then not to go down the shmup sort of wormhole that I regularly dive down with you but um, <laughs> just like I guess you can tell there's no noticeable differences between these shmups yeah. now when I see a shmup and this isn't to degrade the area of expertise or anything but they all look a bit samey to me yeah. with the untrained but eye whereas you know obviously it sounds like there's a very noticeable difference here and i guess i would notice that difference like how do you how do you go about noticing the differences in shmups i mean i know the artwork's different but sure i tell you what right like thinking about it i think playing these two back to back mm. because of how they're both taking these big arcade experiences and scaling them right the way down yeah. to like the, the barest essentials um to you know put these things across you know it's almost like a kind of um I don't know, doing a, a stick figure drawing of a, a really famous work of art or something mm. like that, yet somehow nailing yeah, the, the positions. Yeah. It, it's that kind of thing. Because they both do what they manage to do very, very well, but mm -hmm. for different styles of shmups, yeah. I think actually playing one than the other will give you 
the clearest indication of what the difference is between certain parts of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, Dangun, you're not doing the, the sort of run-up stage to the boss. Yeah. You're not, you know, blowing up popcorn enemies or anything like mm. that. Um, it is purely about dodging these clouds yeah. of, of bullets and things like that. Um, whereas Solar Striker, you have those longer run-ins and fewer bullets, more enemies to shoot, yeah. and you have to be a bit more selective with, with what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as a the, the purest indication of the differences, you could do a lot worse than, than play these two. Yeah, cool. Thank you for conveying that answer really well. Thanks. I feel like I understand it a lot more. More, more luck than judgment. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> as it is with most things on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, scores then. Um, ugh, oh, that's uh, difficult. Because I, I feel like you always skew a little bit more positive than maybe you come across sometimes. I feel like I want to say seven and eight, respectively, mm-hmm. for those, I think. So seven being for Solar Striker, eight for Dangan. Would that be in the ballpark of what you felt, or would you? Yeah, that 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 would be in the ballpark. That's very very close. I would have probably said seven for Solar Striker and maybe nine for Dangan. Oh right, okay, maybe, maybe. So even more positive than I thought that you were being about it. I think um, I was going to go six and seven, but then I'm glad that I didn't because I'd have really shorted Dangan for you there. To be honest with you, six and seven wouldn't be entirely like you can make an argument for mm-hmm. it, especially with Solar Striker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, for me, it's the it is the technical um, achievement of, of Dangun that does it. And yeah, like you say, it's it's kind of cheating because it is you know created with the benefit of a shit ton of hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, but aren't all video games nowadays <laughs> in a way? Do you know what I mean, and you still get shit video games. <laughs> you still get some bad ones. So. You know, it's cheating, but doing it well. Like it's in, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess speaking of arcade games or yep. arcade style games that are being run better almost or or by better counterparts, I don't know where I'm going. This is a terrible segue. Where am I going with this? <laughs> speaking of Outrun. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so I have played Outrun on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice. Uh, and it is a Sega Ages game released in 2019. The original game was released in 1986. And it was reading Retro Gamer talking about Outrun Coast to Coast that made me feel like I... I've never played Outrun really properly. I've had a dabble in the arcade club, but in that lovely cabinet that you can see, yeah, it, that's yeah. so good, and you can move around in it. <laughs> but I mean, with my semi disability, the chair digs into my back and hurts too much. No. So sitting at home <laughs> with a Nintendo Switch in your hand is quite lovely. Um, so I also played this in a handheld vibe more so than I did actually on the screen. Um, I played it on big screen and excuse me, also on the Switch, um, it's handheld mode, and they both look absolutely stunning. Like, mm-hmm. As in, this port is incredible. You talked about, in the last podcast, about Sega, they should monetize more things. They probably should have monetized this a little bit better. It cost me £1.50, I think it really? was. Really? Wow. I've never seen better value out of a game <laughs> that wasn't free. Like, as in, it was just... It's. I mean, I, I knew... The lore of Outrun and how well regarded it is mm. is possibly. Well, we've spoken about arcade races previously, um, 
of it almost being it's the granddaddy of the it. yeah exactly yeah. the one had been you know <laughs> the the original best arcade racer and i've seen it like i say firsthand as well in the arcade club and enjoyed it but to see it polished and to have it in your home and to see the features they've added to it in terms of you know simple things as most things are nowadays safe states added to it I need them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. need save states for that one. <laughs> I still haven't beat it with save states, so <laughs> I'm very close to beating it. But <laughs> like, I've got this specific save state that is like, if I take every single corner perfectly, I will beat it. But I'm, I'm still working on that at the moment. But again, I was talking about the length of this game and things. The actual length of Outrun, if you... So for those that don't know the concept out and never played it, you have five different outcomes that you can get to. So basically, you have a racing stage. You and your female counterpart are racing in your red Ferrari for undetermined reasons. <laughs> and you are racing down the road. The basic concept is that you need to dodge the cars that are in the road, but also the corners whip at you very quickly. There are usually things on the outskirts of the road, sort of like, you know, Inca temples and, <laughs> don't know. Isn't one of them like a fish bait shop or yeah, something like that? Yeah, like, yeah, that gets, that fucking fish bait <laughs> shop every time. Like, you're there in your Ferrari having a good time and all of a sudden you smell like sardines. It's just like, you know. Um, and, yeah, so there's always obstacles around the edge of the course that keep you in line. And it is very much one of these arcade games that you need to fail hundred times to become good at it yep. to, and, and to know the corners and know what's coming up and that, that you know it, it's it's a great concept racing against the clock to beat a stage but to include the choice to go left or right towards the end of the stage and it takes you to a completely different part of the game is it, it's brilliant it's so clever to have done that and think actually there are however many computations like 25 i guess it would be or whatever it would be like different levels that you can possibly go to to complete the game and not on not only that you can go an easier route or a harder route and but actually sometimes the harder routes aren't that much hard that much harder yeah. than the easier route so i mean and i've talked about not being able to beat the game yet so far i've taken the alleged easy route so far <laughs> and i'm still kind of like oh no so there is so so much replayability in this game as the original concept was. And to be able to have those save states really makes a massive difference. You can choose the music. The music's ported really well. Again, that's quite a famous thing that the music mm. is thought of, thought of, of as some of the best arcade music that you can have going. And it really is. that It's, it's a, just a wonderful experience, this game, in its original iteration, but also... The way that they've ported it across for such good value mm. is it's outstanding, really. Um, I it was just so chuffed when I started playing it, and I, I didn't realize I, I thought it was going to be really good um, as a game, but I'm sometimes, you know, for being a you know quote unquote retro gamer, sometimes go this is too old for me, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> this isn't like you know, this is too Solar Striker, this is too like you know out there and I'm like I still I feel like I can't relate to the material mm. this and the what they've done to it in terms of how it looks it, it feels like the perfect iteration of this game it really does that isn't it um yeah I you know I can't say enough about it really um I would have had no money left whatsoever if this had been a coin operated game for me <laughs> like, you know, really, I, I, I think I, I think I am an arcade racer 
I've yeah. decided, yeah. Is that, is that how much sweet spot? It just seems to be, yeah. I, yeah. I guess I didn't realise that about myself until <laughs> this, this voyage yeah, of this, discovery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but isn't that nice to kind of have these feelings about yourself? Yeah, like it, it's, um, it's half the fun of it, isn't it? And you spoke about you know even small little things that um, last last podcast you talked about the PlayStation TV and how you can change the screen size. You can do that yeah. here as well, and it even has the option, I don't know why, it's a bit of a weird one, but also, like, I guess it's gimmicky, but also fun, where you can s- sort of size it down so that it's in an arcade booth on nice. your television. Nice. It's just like, you know, like, it's like, all right, fair enough, why not? Do you know what I mean? You know, you can just get it whatever size TV you need. Um, and like I said, whilst it's almost, I've said, you know, it's hard to beat because, you know, it has the arcade replayability over and over. That's how you get the longevity out of the game. Yeah. I don't genuinely think it's a difficult game. Like, as in, so, if I was a better gamer, like, I would beat this game better, easier than I am. Um, yeah. You know, and if I give it another 10 goes, I will beat the first level. And I know, I know I'm going to come back and play Outrun again on my Switch. Uh, I mean, I just know it's going to so happen. It feels like someone's not only just discovered they're an arcade racer, but someone's had their arcade epiphany. It's like, <laughs> oh, you, I need to learn it. I'll get in. Yeah. Turn that difficulty down, learn the ropes, crank it up. Right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, and I, I've over, I've already admitted, I think, you know, openly that I was wrong about the ease of things, and but yeah, this, you know, I guess you have to find the game that proves that. So you have to find the one, don't you? Do you know what I mean? You know, isn't like you know the one that you lose your arcade virginity to. <laughs> feel very vulnerable right now and weird uh, but yeah it, if you can if you've got a switch and you've never played outrun oh you have played outrun and pick this game up for less than two pounds like you know sega charge more for your games guys come on do you know what i mean because it's just it's worth it and i'd have paid if i'd have paid five pounds this game i'd have been happy if i'd have paid ten pounds i probably would have been happy if i'm going to be perfectly honest like in, I, you know like that value it definitely increases how much i've enjoyed it don't get me wrong but um you know yeah i can't say enough about it really um Hmm. you know if i'm gonna we talked about sort of i guess our favorite arcade races so i'm gonna let you score it and then i just want to kind of round off we won't never not talk about arcade races again but a little thought process around we've talked about ridge racer i've talked about outrun Mm -hmm. i i assume you've played outrun in an amount or anything like is it I've, a, I've got the Mega Drive version sat in a box over there. Yeah, exactly. So that is you know preaching to the choir. And then also we've talked about Wipeout as well. I'm thinking out of those three that we've kind of talked about previously mm-hmm. in the past 21 episodes, which one of those is most your bag? So score this, yeah, and then have a think about because I think they're okay. all a little bit different. I just thought that little five minute conversation at the end talking about those and sort of maybe get a bit of a you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, this is the best or anything, but, you know, what's kind of your vibe most out of those? Okay, okay, cool. Um, so before I score this, one quick question. Um, oh. Is it just the arcade version that they've got on there, or is it like the Mega Drive one as well? Or um, It like, just seems to be the, the arcade, arcade version. version, yes. That's and it's not fine. It's not like Outrun 2 or anything on that. It is just the, the original. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I am still going to give it a 9. Okay. That that feels like a nine to me, um, yeah. especially for for the price you paid and the 
like I mean it is a classic for a reason mm. um, and the only reason I asked about the Mega Drive version is that I know the Mega Drive version is good but I also happen to know that the arcade version is better okay um, or at least I think it is yeah um, so why, why is that um, just more oomph in the hardware okay. um, and so it could kind of do what it was trying to do a little mm. bit smoother yeah sharper etc mm-hmm. etc et um, but yeah like you can't really go far wrong no. without wrong um, yeah. I don't think. I'm um, pretty happy with that score. Thank you for being in the ballpark. I mean, I I, I, I felt like I was effusive enough to get that score. If you'd gone yeah, like, no, if you'd gone like three out of ten out of that, I'd have been well, like, no, I got a feeling that you were leaning like, a certain way with it. Kicked off. <laughs> um, but so uh, for the for the ones that we've covered, let oh, me sorry. reframe this. Yeah, just yeah, because right. I've thought of it now. Like, okay. in, so outruns like sort of eighties cars. Yep. Ridge Racer, you're talking sort of like late 2000s, sort of 2010 oh, okay. cars. Yeah, Wipeout, yeah. we're talking 2049. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, okay. what is your favourite era, Oof. almost, yep. guided by those games of arcade racing? So, the it was something of a revelation, actually, because like, I'd never really played any of them before we started doing this. And, okay. and I kind of discovered them through doing this podcast. Um, I'm going to go Ridge Racer. Mm. Um, I am even with your poor PS Vita version of Ridge Racer which I have since got rid of yes (laughs) Um, and I'll tell you why because through that and through the the PS TV that I've mentioned um, previously I picked up the PSP version Mm. of it um, which you were right is way better Um, also I've picked up Ridge Racer 5 on the PS2 yeah and that is also really really good yes. um and i'm yeah i'm I'm slightly kicking myself in fact, i've got ridge racer type 4 knocking around somewhere on the PSCB <laughs> as well god um like i i've just yeah like had this revelation i've discovered the series like wipeout i really enjoy right i do um but there is just something about the the style of ridge racer and especially that kind of um sort of five and psp era where they just started to bring the boosting in but it wasn't so obnoxious like the later ones where it's just like on autopilot almost uh like there's still some skill to it but like kind of like you were touching on with outrun you feel like you can get in and learn it rather Mm -hmm. than wipe out it feels like i'm gonna get in and it's gonna slap me around a bit yeah um which if i'm in the mood for it is great and like (laughs) on uh on the the omega um collection it looks incredible um but there is just something about Ridge Racer that just scratches a many an itch. There's an there is an addictive feel to all the, the this genre that it just I don't when know when it gets it, it right. Yeah. Absolutely, well, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. I mean, there just is like there's something about this type of game for me that, like I said, I didn't even realize it was in me until I was like, I will just sit and go round a track, and but it just has to be good. You know, there's, there's got to be something that yeah. draws me to that. Like, the the game has got to be, you know, it can't just be a shit racer. The, but when it's good, it's amazing. It's, it's something almost zen-like. Yeah. About getting into it and just getting into that kind of zone with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's I tell you what, like, it's a similar feeling I get from shooters. Like, yeah. Like, certain ones okay. where you're dodging in and out of stuff and you kind of know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Like, it is... Like there are similarity. I'm doing hand movements like I'm on a track. Um, like it's good for fast, but it's lousy for everybody I mean, else. I'm having a great time. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a similar sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I can absolutely see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that. So to answer my own question, 
after playing all three kind of types and stuff recently, I think I'm going to go for the outrun style yeah. of the repetitive stage against the clock. Almost that, like a rally kind of style. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that, I, yeah, almost, yeah, probably like a rally arcade sort of yeah. style. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, both the other types of, get, you know, Ridge Racer and Wipeout, like, I've, you know, I, it put me in a room with all three of them, you know, I'd be in there all day, very, very, very happy. But, uh, you know, it's just something, it's not necessarily that it's retro per se, but, um, yeah, that challenge is there, that against the clock situation and knowing every corner of the course. Mm. And it feels like there's some real, um, real skill to the handling of, getting down the middle of the track and getting that time, you know, and and when you get there, you're like, oh, I've got there in 15 seconds this time. I know that I'm going to have enough for the next stage yeah. and things like that. That is, you know, it's a great feeling. And then, like, you know, you'll do it and you go, oh, I got there with only 11 seconds to spare this time. You just literally immediately just go, right, restart, because there's no point. <laughs> like, you know you're not going to have enough time for the next stage. Uh, that's great. And that Daytona sort of thing. Is Sega the, Rally. I was yeah, just Sega Rally. Yeah, you know, yeah. you just know you're not going to have enough for the next bit. And it's almost like the perf- perfection of it. And I don't normally like to be perfect at games, but the that type of game really drives you, no pun intended, to be that way. <laughs> and, you, you know, and that's great that that makes me someone that's not a game perfectionist into being like, you know, in that specific type of game, I am being one. I, I think especially with Outrun as well, like it probably helps that it's quite compact. Mm. So it's not like you're investing, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then fucking up at the 11th hour. 11th hour, that's a really mixed <laughs> metaphor. Um, but like right at the end um, and, you know, having to restart from that. You yeah. Know, you're talking about like, you know, yeah, a couple of minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think you're probably onto something when you say it's horses for courses and it's just finding what what fits. Mm. That was cool. I really enjoyed kind of just going back over that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Are we done? I think we're done. Awesome. Right. Well, that's great then. Get so, in the books. Yeah, I think we're going to get into a little bit of a, a sport summer of sport series coming up in the next few podcasts. Oh, we? yeah. August. Yeah. We've got a couple of guests coming on, which yep. will be nice. So, um, you know, if you like your sports games, then keep on listening. Yeah. And if you don't, um, I don't know, apologies. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, the, the, again, you just keep on listening either way. Would yes. You... Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>